On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. I'm Susan Shureka. I'd like you to meet Melinda Summer, author of the book Until It Ends, A Story of Gender Dysphoria or Dysphobia. This is still a highly charged subject requiring a great deal of courage to discuss, so we want to give her kudos for the courage to actually write this book. Please pause for a few minutes to permit Melinda to share her story with us. Wave your hands to welcome Melinda Summer. Hello, Melinda. Welcome. Hi there. How How are are you you? today? (laughs) Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All set to share your your life with us? Sure. (laughs) I already wrote it out. I have an open book. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Melinda, this this had to have been a painful story to write and a difficult set of circumstances to live as well. So, you know, to make radical changes at your life in your life at 50. You know, why Why did you feel it was necessary to tell the story at this time? Uh, I, I felt like I needed to tell people uh, that people are born with gender dysphoria, or at least the, the that's, well, the makings of gender dysphoria. Okay, whether they actually suffer from it or not is uh, is another story. Uh, but uh, I was suffering from it, and it changed my life. And I decided that I've still got a lot of years to go. So I wanted to, um, I needed to make the changes if I was going to stay alive. Well, that's a big reason. That's a strong motivation. Would you explain for our listeners exactly what gender dysphoria is? Gender dysphoria is when you're born with a brain that is one gender and your genitals are a different gender. And it's kind of like your brain sends a signal to the genitals and it gets a message back that it doesn't understand. So children usually uh, have problems uh, socializing. They suffer from depression and anxiety. And uh, you know, not all children should be suffering from those things. Uh, and also, right now, with this politically charged climate, I felt like, okay, decisions are being made in ignorance, and people mm-hmm. need to learn uh-huh. what this is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so well, that Melinda, stop being killed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're an example of someone who who was not comfortable in your own body um, when you were only like five years old. What's that like? Uh, frustrating. Frustrating. It's like that. I told my mom when I was five, and she screamed and yelled at me. And so um, I, there wasn't anything I could do. So uh, I just kept on going um, the way I was told to and, you know, lived in a secret. So there again, I had a secret my whole life. Mm. And is it, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge to me, obviously, because it's something I I did not physically understand. Um, but I mean, it comes down to, you know, like not feeling comfortable with the specific body parts that you have. Right, right. I realized that when I was about seven. It's like, this stuff shouldn't be here. 
Well, <laughs> it's just wrong. It's not in the right place. Yeah. Well, how common is this? <laughs> is this a, a huge well, part of the population? Or? No, this is maybe 3%. So I, I don't know how to put that in terms of how many people are born with autism or mm-hmm. anything else or a cleft palate. You know, I, I don't have that, that information. I just know that right. it, this right. does exist, even though people mm-hmm. try to say it doesn't. They're mm-hmm. fortunate enough that they don't suffer from it. So they say, well, I don't suffer from that, so you can't. Like, no, <laughs> that doesn't work that way. Yep. So, so I know you were living with a secret all these years, but what effect did it have on your life? Uh, it affected decisions I made. It affected uh, how productive I was. Um, uh, I would have gone to medical school. Uh, then I probably would have married my high school sweetheart. Uh, but uh, I felt like something was wrong and I needed to address it. And uh, I tried to. I went to see a psychologist when I was 18 and uh, got nowhere. Uh, they just didn't know what to do with me at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was that was early on in, in the conversation about this. It really wasn't an accepted diagnosis at that point. No. Well, it didn't change Did until 2013. Wow. That's really, that's a long time. To, yeah. to not have an accepted accepted standard. So, did you were there outward behavioral things that you did? Well, I was cross dressing uh, in secret. Um, I tried to make the feelings go away, so I was weightlifting. You know, which kind of goes goes against the two. Um, so then I wasn't comfortable cross dressing because I was lifting weight so much. <laughs> That's right. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, did, did you did you find you were depressed, or did you drink, yes. or did you did both? Of, I was okay. depressed. I did, yes, I drank to excess, especially after the second girl left me. Um, mm. So uh, in my early twenties, and I was a bartender, and uh, I started blackout drinking by then. And uh, law enforcement put it into that. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so I <laughs> after three DUIs, but it's kind of, fortunately I didn't hurt anybody except myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's so yeah. There was lots of drinking um, to excess, like I said, to black. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know that that hurts too. So that that makes it hard to go to school. Yes, or do or do anything pretty much, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and, you know, and you never know when what you've done while you were in blackout. Right, you go outside. I, think, or, I don't know that so, everybody understands that a blackout drinker is still acting and you know going through the motions of you know daily life, although they don't remember any of it. They've blacked it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't remember anything. Yeah. It's like, how did I get this phone number in my pocket? <laughs> so at what point did you decide Where's my car? Where's my car? <laughs> at what point did you decide to to enter a program to start to to change from male to female? Uh after talking to a psychologist. Um actually when I was 50 years old that's when the diagnosis changed and I read about it on the internet. 
Oh, really? and oh. When, when I heard that term, gender dysphoria, it's like all the lights went off. Went on. It's like, oh, so that's what I've been suffering all my life. Mm. <laughs> and but so, looky here, there's a, there's a potential solution to this. There's a, there's a solution to it, and I was scared. And I was basically uh, alone. Disability had started um, because of all my hard work. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I was drinking. I drank for about a year and a half after that. And my sister got me out of where I was living and put everything in storage and went down to her place and on the, on the ride from the airport to their house to go mm-hmm. to a 30-day uh, in-house uh, program. I went into uh, withdrawal seizures. Oh my God! I ended up I ended up in the ER for two days. They didn't think I was going to make it. They then sent me two weeks in ICU, uh, and I don't remember any of it. Don't remember wow. any of it. So I was pretty much uh, I pretty much drank myself to death. If it wasn't for my sister, they would have just found my body sometime. Mm. So. Mm. <laughs> Now, did you when you entered this the, the pro, you entered this program after this incident, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I okay. I came back. I found a, a therapist online, um, a psychologist, and we started uh, uh, discussing this. And mm-hmm. um, turned out she had a group of others, and so uh, after probably. Five months of uh, one-on-one. I started the group, and then I started hormones and. and well, tell me, what was it like being in a group where there were other people who felt the same way you did? Uh, it was good. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have our own different stories, and sure. so it was nice to see others that were like me. There, there are others like me, um, mm-hmm. so that was that was nice. Um, it was reinforcing. Mm-hmm. It was scary. I'm not alone in it's like we're, Yeah, we're we're all scared. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a scary thing to undertake. It's hard. Yes, and what did you find most challenging about the process? Was there some aspect of uh, it that really stood out? Public perception of me. Mm-hmm. The, that that was the, the real fear. And mm-hmm. it turned out I didn't have as much fear as, as I thought I would. Oh, um, fantastic. So, so what changed in your the, life? Mm, a lot happier. Uh, my wardrobe okay. changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all, those, all those things I had to hide about myself, I don't need to hide anymore. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> you know, I don't have to keep track of where people are uh, at all times. Mm-hmm. And and I feel I finally feel like I'm myself. So um, that's kind of liberating. That would be liberating. That is very. Absolutely. That is finally liberating. So yeah, I don't have to hide anything anymore. Marvelous. And what has the change process been like? I said you said you started hormones fairly early on. 
Uh, yeah, well, after I did a whole bunch of research. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of research and uh, a lot of going uh, going to the Internet and hearing other people's stories and uh, that sort of thing. And then because of my medical background, I, of course, went to the doctors in their published accounts mm-hmm. um, because I go to conferences and you know, listen to the same same things the doctors listen to in nuclear medicine, which is mm-hmm. my field. So mm-hmm. uh, I get the same updates they do. So I went in and got that research on that. So I kind of knew what to expect uh, as far as uh, the medical part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I started hormones, and it's a gradual uh, build-up process of that. Uh, you don't just automatically start on the, the largest dose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh, in fact, uh, you can go blind if you do it yourself without uh, really? proper blood work. Yes. There is uh, uh, the combination of uh, estrogen and the uh, the testosterone blocker that they use. Mm-hmm causes the pituitary gland to uh, expand. And that, of course, puts uh, uh, it, it puts pressure on the optic nerve. So you can, you can go blind doing that. Wow. And so I had to stop holding this for so a little do you have while. To stay? Do you have to stay on them for the rest of your life? Well, if I want to have the effects, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So which and I do. So, so which you do. So yeah. <laughs> Are there any external? I mean, you know, do you have any? I mean, there must be physical surgeries and uh, medical appointments. Yeah. yeah, that you. I haven't like, done that. I've done. Uh, I've done a lot of electrolysis. Ah, okay. Um, getting getting rid of that hair that I never wanted in the first place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted it. <laughs> and, you know, and there and it was. Inconvenient truth. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my voice changed. And so, um, and, you know, there's the bony changes that go with it, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, with in your face and in your long bones and uh, your, your joints, especially the pelvis. So mm-hmm. that's a big mm-hmm. difference between male and female is the, the pelvis. Does that actually change at, after, no, know, after being no, mature? No, okay. No, none of those things change. It's like that's why it's good to best start before puberty mm. so that mm-hmm. uh, you don't go through the wrong one. And right, so, right. Okay. <laughs> and, well, uh, I mean, you know, I've already had over 300 hours of, of electrolysis, and I still have some to go. And there wow. is numbing cream, but it still hurts <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. Is it sort of like is it sort of like going for tattoos? That sort of hurts too. I don't know. I don't have any tattoos. Okay, so (laughs) because I keep hearing people, you know, anybody putting a needle on my body is probably going to make me unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with this, they they put a probe down your hair follicle and uh, send the electric charge through it to burn the root, and Ah, hopefully they get the whole root. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's still painful. <laughs> still painful. Okay. But it's it is, uh, now have It'll you, uh, cheer up. 
Yeah, that's right. But you do reach a point where you that is done, correct? Yes, you do reach a point where that is done. So and yeah, I'm doing it on my face, and, <laughs> and and right now it's down below too. So mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because some of that tissue uh, becomes internal, and you don't want hair inside. Right, right. So. Which is discomforting. <laughs> so, yeah. so have you have you done anything about acquiring? You know, the, your your more feminine identity. Uh, I did take voice lessons. Um, she helped me a lot with uh, posture and things like that because um, I still had my 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 shoulders were up high, and so she helps help, you know pointed out that I that I did that. So you know, bring my shoulders down and. Um, I don't know if I talk more with my hands now, but uh, I do now. I notice it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, a lot of that. And um, she coached me on um, uh, how to use my voice. And I don't think a lot of – I didn't stick with that as much as I should have. Um, but you can so, continue to do that at, whenever you yes. feel that you need to. Mm-hmm. Right. There are surgeries now for that. As well? Um, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Yes. There they are elongate them or they shorten them? Is there... they, they shorten them. They shorten them. Um, okay. They shorten them. Um, see, the one surgery I read about, they uh, shorten it and then they also cut the muscle. Hmm. So that it's not... Uh, just so you get a higher pitched voice like a woman normally has. So mm-hmm. that was the thing mm-hmm. that really that really drove me to the edge, literally, was uh was my voice changing. I didn't want that. And and then with the horrible acne that I had, it's like when I was eight when I was in eighth grade I was uh contemplating seriously about uh taking a step off of a cliff uh where I was living mm. in Crestline. So it's just kind of like, well, nobody would have known why I, exactly why I did that, but they would have assumed that it was that I did end my own life. So because mm-hmm. um, it was the wrong puberty, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much why I'm uh, advocating for people to learn and for people to. Uh, accept us, and you know we don't want any more children to die. The, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the does Williams, the book tell Williams, this story? Yes, it does. It does. Okay, and and it also includes all this other information about um, the misinformation that's out there in society. Um, well, I I pretty much uh, identify the correct information. I don't say okay. what mm-hmm. what other people are are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I just point out that uh, you know there are politicians making you know overriding medical advice, uh, making laws. There are law enforcement officers that are killing us. Uh, there's general public people, general public. You know they hear your transgender and they kill they kill us. So there's you know for no other reason. Um, you know, correction officers in jails will, you know, put you in the wrong population. And, of course, you don't survive that. 
That is a... And and there's a lot of misunderstanding on that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Because it's such a... There's an alien... It's in an alien world anyway. Um, My dad was involved in uh, the sex offender program in New Jersey for years. He was a psychologist. And that was a... <clears throat> that was a that's a very tough environment from the general population to the sex offender profit population. So I very dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely in this you, know, you go in there after you have hormones, you don't smell like a guy anymore and you have breasts. And mm-hmm. and I don't know there's there if I don't know exactly why you're targeted, but um, people just say, well, you're not born that way, so mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And so, well, yeah, you're born with this gender dysphoria, this mismatch of genitals and, and your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is, and they and they don't understand that. And they don't so understand it's that. Very difficult. Yep. So, well, it is, oh. I mean, this is an education process throughout society. Um, you, are you doing any public speaking on it? I have. I've spoken at uh, Women's March and uh, at a couple of high school, not high school, uh, college uh, Day of Remembrances, Transgender Day of Remembrance. Um, mm. I've spoken at that a few times. So, yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, I do some speaking. And now that I have the book out, uh, I might be doing even more. Yes, because it's a, a people are drawn to find out, meet the author, and you'll have more. It, it it also serves to make that book more available to more people when you're out there talking. So it's mutually beneficial. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Where so is the book available? It, uh, say, it's, right now it's uh, available on uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, and just will be out soon for Kindle and all the electronic uh, places. You get electronic books. It'll mm-hmm. be available there too. So, and do you have aside from any public speaking you're doing? Are there other ways that you're getting the message out that the book is out there? Uh, I have a web or a Facebook page for the book, so it's just under in, until it ends. Mm-hmm. on Facebook, and uh, people can leave comments there if they like. Um, there'll be some advertising through Facebook as well. So um, look for that. Yeah. Have you gotten a lot of response or a strong response to it? Uh, some some response, uh, yeah, you get the, the normal of this is uh, – why is this in my feed? Um, <laughs> and and uh, all of you are are have uh, or have a brain defect. Uh, but then uh, there's a lot of support too, mm-hmm. because you know we all want to get that that message out so that uh, people will finally understand. Um, well, there's. Yeah, there is a, you know, it's, I, I don't want to, I was about to say something and I went, I don't want to equate this as the same, but many of the authors that that I have interviewed have mental illnesses 
And they they get their books out because they want the stigma to go away. They want people right. to understand. Mm-hmm. And I imagine this is a similar feeling. You want the stigma to go away so that you can live a normal life and enjoy it. Right. Right. I want to be I want to be loved and love just like everybody else does. Mhm. Mhm. So, um there is you know, I could go into uh uh what is it? Uh, <laughs> the embryonic causes of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people want to hear that, but I can't. Well, is there an embryo? Is there an embryologist? Yeah. Well, yeah, because oh. all all embryos are female, and about half mm-hmm. take up testosterone to become male. Okay, but sometimes the the brain doesn't take up the testosterone, and the genitals do, or the brain takes up the testosterone, and the genitals don't. So that's how we get the mismatch between the two. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also you have intersex uh, people that, you know, they're born while their body was still transitioning from female to male. And mm. it's kind of like uh, they, psychologists know that a child will know what gender they are between the ages of four and seven. Okay, so if you do surgery on an intersex infant, you don't know what their what gender their brain is. So, so that's too early to surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you have to wait for the the child to let the parents and those around them know what gender their brain is. So mm. there was a there's there was about. About 90% of the uh, surgeries done on infants that were intersex uh, turned out they got it wrong. And many of them became transgender, but the majority of them just ended their own lives. Wow. So this is still a, a new field for people to, mm-hmm. to learn about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so totally. it's good to get this, this message out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any way we Absolutely. can. Uh, well, this is this is a fascinating field. It is. I have I have talked with someone who was. Um, there's another phrase for it. You know, when you talk LGBTQT. LGBTQIA. Yeah. QIA. Well, he was in the QIA area, not you know, okay. The the, the um, and it was a, a situation where his. Um, his penis didn't develop properly, and mm-hmm. so he it it didn't function or look like it was supposed to look, and it caused mm-hmm. a lot of trouble to him throughout his life. And they tried to fix it surgically, and it really was not very helpful. So again, yeah. it's a different kind of misdevelopment, a developmental disorder that they weren't able to correct, and right. it's very it's um it's from that standpoint it's the same problem just just appearing in a different um mm-hmm. you know format so very amazing right uh, mm-hmm. well That's, i want to uh, thank the, you the intersex part so yes yes well thank yes. you i mean it really it's an amazing story and it's it's it it needs to be told so people understand what is going on and it isn't some arbitrary you know that this is real 
This is real. For, it's for real. It's, it's, we don't do it for fun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not easy. You didn't it's bring all easy. this pain on for, for just because it was a, 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 night, a great night out on a, on a hot town. You know? <laughs> well, no. I certainly <laughs> hope your book helps individuals to understand a lot more and, and gets, it makes some dent in the stigma that is still out there on this subject. Um, for our listeners, a reminder, we've been listening to Melinda Summer uh, talk about her book, Until It Ends, which is available on Amazon and face and uh, mentioned in Facebook on her Facebook page. And if you'd like to speak with her about an, a speaking engagement on this topic, please check out her Facebook page. You can find her there and, and get, get some traction on this. By the way, the title, Until It Ends, really refers to until the stigma ends, until right. the, the malfunction in society drops away and this is a more understood situation. So thank you again for, for joining me, Mel. Um, well, thank it, you it's for really, Yeah, it's my pleasure. Well, that's it for us today, guys. Bye for now and have a great day.